Welcome to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. Our goal is to help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us. Now, let's join our team as we get to follow up, break down, and gain deeper insight into this week's message. Hey guys, welcome back to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. I am Justin Oswald, the Executive Pastor of TC. Back again with me today is our Lead Pastor, Brad Livingston. What's up, guys? Good to be back. Another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast, and uh, still in our quarantine zones. Uh, <laughs> whatever they are. No, we're uh, still coming to you live from our houses, and and uh, man, just coming off uh, another another powerful weekend, uh, continuing to learn and adapt and grow and do all those things. Um, constantly, constantly got stuff changing and getting better but at the end of the day um man we're seeing god do some amazing things uh celebrating the number of lives uh that were changed in and even connect cards and people that have committed their life to jesus over the past few weeks we were celebrating that yesterday uh during our staff meeting and so um Man, just man, just pumped about what God is doing, and pumped about the church, the capital C church, uh, that is able to take advantage of this movement, um, and and what God is doing right now, and praying for those that are maybe struggling a little bit with what it looks like to to have a church that um, is effective in the twenty first century. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So me and uh, Justin were just talking about that. And Justin, what do you, like? What do you think? is the shift i mean we've talked about this plenty of times but what do you think is uh what's the maybe number one or top two things you think are just not going to be the same for church folks after this like what what is your what do you think that is um well i think that even when we when we quote unquote go back to normal even you know now they're talking some of these states are talking about opening back up and, and all these things to get the economy going and you know, I'm kind of torn on that. I understand there's people without jobs and people need to work, but also, you know, there's a safety thing. But but I say all that to say is even when we open up, I think there's going to be a demographic of people that the first couple months are still leery and won't go, won't get out. Um, you know, I and and there's an there's I think an older crowd. You know, if your if your immune system is a little weaker and you're in that older demographic, um, I think that may be something to look out for. And you know, some some churches, at least in our part of the world, that are more traditional and all those things that, you know, it's um, that's something to look out for. I I think that um, I I I'm thankful that we live in the time we live in. That even when something like this happens, we can still we can still have church because church isn't a building. And I think that that's one thing that pastors and church leaders and you know the 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 church world that maybe has been behind the curve technologically the last decade are learning um, that church is not a building and our mission of our mission as churches is not to host services, right? I think that I think hosting services falls in with how you accomplish the mission sometimes, but hosting services where people gather is not the mission in and of itself, right? And it's like we're learning how do you adapt to that? How are we reaching the community? How are we still worshiping? How are we still, you know, um, doing the things that I think scripture kind of asks us to do is not forsake the assembly without assembling in physical, you know, locations right now, but. I mean, to answer your question, I, I think that the if you look at digital and online church as an opportunity, I think it is that. 
And if you look at it as an obstacle, I think it is that. And that's what we're learning. We've looked at it as an opportunity. And one thing that's not going to change is even when we go back to normal is the online thing. I don't think it's going to go away. Yeah. You know, and you know, we, we've had been having that comment. A lot of churches stream their services, um, but a lot of churches didn't. And I think the online is going to, is going to stay the connecting throughout the week virtually and online is going to be more prevalent. Um, and most churches. than I think it was up to this point. Um, and I'm thankful for that. I, I think there's, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, it's a crazy time. I mean, obviously, yeah, definitely. But, um, I, I think that there's, there's a lot to be learned right now and how do we connect? And then, you, you know, me and you spend a lot of time thinking about not just millennials, but even like Gen Z and how you're going to how you're going to reach those people. Um, this is helping us do that. At least it's helping us think and get our brains working on how you reach people digitally, you know, because that's where everyone is like. And I read I read a little thing yesterday on Twitter. And it's like this is one thing we could say to pastors that may be watching like every single person you're trying to reach is online for the most part i guess there's a small small window very, of very small. That, that, that may not be let's say in the every, western western church you're at 99.9 percent yeah western, every, in america in america right everybody you want to reach is online so are you reaching them um and that's the question you know and that's what we're trying to figure out so uh it's an interesting time i'm digging it though do you like working from home it's been what Three weeks of work. Three weeks. I think we just did our, our fifth Sunday online, if I'm not mistaken. Something like that. Fourth or fifth Sunday online, but this is our third kind of week working from home, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Maybe I mean, it's my, four. Yeah. Maybe it's fourth week. I think but, it's fourth um, week. We're on fourth week. Yeah. I like it more than I thought I would. I'm more productive than I thought I would be at home. Yeah. <laughs> say I, that. I, I think I'm definitely productive in the right hours. You know, I think that's a big thing. I'm sure, I'm sure you guys, you know, are probably noticing this too. You know, it's like you, you pick up on when you're productive and when you're not, you know, one of the things we do as a staff uh, and Justin and I do constantly is we're like assessing, um, we, we assess when we're the most productive. We've taken the high impact leader course from Carrie Newhoff, um, who, you know, helps you determine when you're the most productive so that you can make sure you're doing productive things during your productive time. And you're not trying, you're not wasting your time doing, uh, trying to do productive things in your non-productive time because you have That's that. Right. And, uh, we, we actually offer that course in our year two pipeline uh, in year two of the pipeline for all those guys so they they've taken it you guys are familiar with that for year two pipeline students but um but yeah i think that's it's been super helpful because you know for me from two to three thirty whether I'm in the office or whether I'm working from home from two to three 30, I'm useless. <laughs> We've talked about it before. Like I might as well go take a nap. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I am useless from two o'clock to three 30 every day. Um, Same. and so the cool thing about working from home, uh, we have a pretty, a pretty flexible office anyways. But the cool thing I think for some people working from home is, is maybe you have the ability to, you know, clock out and work a little later or wake up a little earlier and do more work earlier. So that that time frame you're not wasting your time or whatever you, I, I think you have the ability to, to do that. But working from home has been nice. You know, my wife's working from home. So Ashley's working from home. I'm working from home. You know, we're able to be here with the dogs a little bit. Of course, they bark at God's everything, so that's kind of annoying. <laughs> so, uh, even on the podcast right now, for for you Facebook people, you may hear the dogs bark randomly, and so that's just so a little bit of that. But it is nice. Um, you know, I get to eat uh, lunch with my wife every day. That's nice, and uh, you know, we're both we're both very blessed in, in that um, 
obviously I get to work from home. I, I have that flexibility. Her job has provided her to do that and she hasn't been furloughed or anything. So we're both very blessed to have those opportunities, but I mean, I dig it, man. Um, you know, yeah. I, I had kind of been doing one or two days from home, at least mornings from home for a while. Uh, anyway, so it's not too bad, but I, mean, yeah, I, already, I, have, uh, I already have my office and all that stuff, you know, I like it. I've, um, you know, I start a little later, I think, in the day than I was before. Um, and I'm working later into the evening than I was before, but I'm I'm productive, you know. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's we're joking, it's seven days a week now because my my Facts. office here is like three steps from my bedroom, you know, and it's like I got a little something I could go do. I'm gonna go do that for a couple hours. And, <laughs> right. you know, so I need like, to get that thing but, done. Yeah, but it's all yeah. good. I mean, it's it's good. So I'm I'm enjoying it, you know. So I hope I hope some of you guys that are listening and watching are not um going too stir crazy at home and we'll be back to normal. I miss going out to eat, man. I miss Dude, restaurants. Come on. Like I I wanna yes, go Lord. to a restaurant so <laughs> bad. You know? I yeah. wanna go to a restaurant. Like yeah, I feel the same way. I'm I am ready. Like I'm just you know, you've seen that, like that little short video clip of that kid eating, you know, it's like well, as soon as restaurants open back up and it's just like, he's eating everything and just like enjoying it so much. I'm like, man, yeah. that's, that's going to be me for real. Seriously. Like I, I'm, and I, the cool thing is a lot of, you know, the restaurants that I, that I, that I frequent that I like are doing takeout and all that. But man, that's not the same. Like I want to go into a restaurant I want somebody to refill my drink. Uh, you know, <laughs> I want, I want the whole ex- experience, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So I'm about to ball out when they open up these restaurants. Oh boy. Listen, you what's know. the first place y'all are going to go? I mean, Have I was, ju- yeah, I, I don't know yet. I was just looking. I was actually, the reason I'm, I'm pulling up something on my phone. Sorry guys. As I was actually going to Facebook. Cause we asked this question. Um, we kind of did a poll on Instagram and Facebook with this, uh, with one of our pictures. So I was actually going to pull up the data from that and see what other people were saying. Um, so if you're, if you're watching right now, like drop a comment for us, let us know, like what, what restaurant are you most interested in eating at right now? Uh, like what, what can you not wait for to go back to? I was going to go. Yeah. I, I saw some of those comments and some of those people are wrong. You know, I just got to say that. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Here we go. What meal are you looking forward to most? It's on our Facebook page. If you want to go comment, you guys can go uh, do that. It, yeah. It was what meal was it? Sushi was an option. Yeah. It was uh, burger, steak, sushi, or pasta was the was the four options and i've been able to eat i've been able to eat sushi because uh we got like tokyo right down the street from the house uh that has fire sushi so we've got we've had that uh we've had ichiban so we've we've actually had that but going there and eating it there is considerably different it's so different yeah absolutely Um, what what's yours jail man i don't know like i had a so somebody, Allison, Allison uh, Burkett just posted on Facebook that she's one from Texas Roadhouse. And what's funny, come, I don't on, know if I told you come on, last Sunday, I was craving a steak, right? So I was like, man, let me hit up Texas Roadhouse because I know they're doing like they have this incredible to go system and all this where you pull up in the parking lot. There's a girl out there. They tell you what parking spot to get in. They run your food out. It, it's fantastic. It's it's Chick-fil-A level efficient whoa, at Texas Roadhouse. Whoa, 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 I'm telling whoa, whoa. you. Yeah, seriously. I need to go check this out. Yeah, seriously. But they weren't doing the full menu that Sunday because it was Easter. They okay. were doing just like family packs. Oh, okay. Well, I'm by myself, but I got the family, the sirloin family <laughs> pack. The family it, pack anyways. <laughs> that's all I got. It was $35, but it was four sirloins. Come on. Four sides, mm. a whole to-go box of their house salad, mm. and a whole box of rolls. 
of the of the Texas Roadhouse rolls for thirty five bucks, and then I gave them a ten dollar tip because I know they working hard and they could use the money. So for forty five bucks, but I got three meals out of the deal, right? I mean, I can't yeah. eat four sirloins in one, you know. Um, but that was fantastic. So uh, Allison, check out Texas Roadhouse to go; it's good. And um, I need some of them rolls in my life. Is what I the need. rolls were the rolls That's were good. I, and what's funny is little things I'm craving. Somebody just posted too talking about the cheese dip from a Mexican restaurant. Oh, like, I don't I, even. I'm yeah. not even. <laughs> I'm like, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. No, it's like uh, I don't. I I had me, I had fajitas yesterday, mm. but I want some cheese dip. You know, because I don't know on. what they're doing to their cheese dip to, at these Mexican restaurants. But man, listen, I, that's what I, it was so funny because we talk about it a lot. So Mexican food is my least favorite. All right, so it's like yeah, that's, he, I'm not, and, and you're wrong. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like my. I'd rather have almost any other food other than Mexican food. Um, except I do crave Taco Bell, which isn't Mexican food. Uh, it's just Taco Bell, but nonetheless, uh, I do like, and I do like street tacos from like a taco oh, truck. So El Azador, like that's like, different. Like real tacos. Right. So like Mexican food, like American Mexican food, I'm not the biggest fan of like, it's cause it's kind of just like all the same. Right. So, um, so it's not my favorite. However, uh, I saw someone post a picture the other day with some cheese dip, the you know queso cheese dip and i was like man i would go in on a bowl of cheese dip and i don't mean like one of the bowls they bring you i'm talking like a bowl like a <laughs> like, cereal bowl like a bowl of uh <laughs> cheese dip so most no, but the, I, go ahead i want to go you know me and you i think but we have the same favorite restaurant and actually your sister was posting about it the other day uh global grill you know just the, the the you know they're doing takeout too they're doing some really good curbside I stuff but i don't want I, I don't want that it's not the same yeah, i don't, I don't want to go in there i want to hear the specials i want the lamb lollipops i, I talk to jared <laughs> we got we got our own waiter yeah, yeah my, my homeboy jared. Jared, <laughs> my homeboy jared is the is the waiter that we like um so yeah i miss that I'm, i want i want to go out to the restaurant but. yeah on the question that we posed man it was uh let's see it was a lot of a lot of people saying sushi a lot sushi um sushi I think steak, burgers sushi, is good, steak, sushi, but yeah. burgers are easy to get right now. I mean, you can get a burger. Yeah, that's true. I think I almost yeah, went to Five true. Guys the other day. I crave Ooh. a good burger sometimes, man. Five, five Guys, guys got it going on. Uh, I don't know why we're talking about all this food, but uh, uh, yeah, um, we're just talking about quarantine life, man. That's man, the life we're living you, right now. It is the life we're living. So, um, doing what we can. I've been trying to watch some occasionally a little bit of like some netflix i'm about to start ozark i gotta start it everybody's talking about it I yeah no it. i've heard more and more people talking about it i've been watching documentaries like crazy so. yeah i watched one last night i can't say the name of it but it was, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was it was it was crazy um it was on amazon prime actually but i can't i can't say the name of it I can't oh, okay. it. That's but there's one on netflix i'm not suggesting everyone go watch but there's one on netflix from like the hip-hop era talking about uh cartoon Ooh. and esteban i think is their names the photographer and tattoo artist for all the hip-hop artists through like the 90s and early 2000s it's, yeah it's pretty um interesting i didn't i never knew who these cats were um but watching it uh they are everywhere i mean their information is all over the place and uh um, you know, they're like mentioning rap songs. The art, the tattoo artist is in like a number of like hip hop music videos. Like he's the same guy. I never, I never noticed it, but, uh, it's pretty interesting. Interesting. So, yeah. Well, you know, one of the things I've been doing around the house is I was cleaning, kind of cleaning some stuff out, going through, like I had some boxes up in my closet and I was like, what's in these? Check this out. Little, little nostalgia. You ready for this? Oh boy. 
Golly. That, is that a Blackberry? It's a Blackberry. That's a Michael Scott Blackberry? I even <laughs> turned it on. I even turned it on and charged her up. Oh, wow. You still have the charger? No. but <laughs> You have an all charger a, that works I for had a, a Yeah, I had a USB charger, and I connected it to my Wi-Fi, turned it all on and everything. Um, wow. Um, I got to tell you, I miss the old Blackberry. Like, the, the actual keyboard, like, come on, this was, this was, it was revolutionary. Yeah. I mean, I missed the Blackberry. If they would, I could see myself going back if they would come back in business and had a, a, a real competitor to the iPhone, but yeah. Yeah. Anyways. No, Black, yeah. That was, it was a, that was a different time. Remember the Nokia's you guys remember Nokia's the original where oh, yeah, you the, change out the faceplate, uh, bro. You could change out the battery pack, the faceplate, the antenna. Oh, I had it. I was 15 when those come out. Bro, I got listen, it. And I had one of those. I had that thing. I've never seen a, a phone with more lights on it. It looked like a UFO was landing when someone called me. You know, yeah, like, bro. Everything was lighting up. That's so funny. That's so funny. You say that because, um, Tyler, my my best friend Tyler, you know Tyler. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. had the he had one with all the light. I didn't have all the lights and stuff. Oh, bro, his his God. were red and blue, and we'd be riding out on the weekends, and his phone would ring, and I thought I was getting pulled over. <laughs> it was so Your many lights. Drops every time it goes off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, and we did not want to get pulled over back then, but um, that's another podcast. Oh yeah, 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 but, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But man, the the Nokia that was a, the, a phone, um, and then I mean I had about three or four different Nextel phones. Oh, you yeah. know. Beep, beep. Well, next everybody had Nextel. That was where it was at. Beep, beep. Yep. Man, I wish I had all the phones I had over the years. I always like got rid of them or traded them in or something. I wish I had them all. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, uh, that was, man, that was, golly. What a time. What a time to be alive, Joe. It really is. You know, it's like we do say, like, we this, say that a lot, but it, what a time. We, we say that a lot jokingly, and, but it is. I mean, if you, if you see some of the, the memes and the gifts right now online. Hilarious. What a time to really be alive. But <laughs> full circle to your original question, like even what a time to be alive in this era of, of just Christianity and the church and all that. Because, man, imagine even 20, imagine a decade ago if, if coronavirus would have hit, let alone 20, 25, 35 oh, years ago. man. I mean, churches would be shut down right now. It'd be done. It'd How be, bored could you be? Yeah, I mean, dragging a can down the road, with and, a piece and not of just for church, but not just for church though. I mean, t- fifteen years ago, when Wi-Fi wasn't a thing in everybody's house and internet wasn't a thing in everybody's house, everybody couldn't work from home. Like this wasn't a right, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This wouldn't like, have been an this, option. We the country would have shut down. Shut down, you know. Yeah. So um, I think that's just cool in and of itself that so many people. I know a lot of people are out of jobs, but so many people are working from home and and are and it's able to do that and um while we're at home we can watch netflix and you know or even like we we, we as a church you know we provide right now media to all of our people that you can watch some um you know you can actually learn something some bible studies and all this type of stuff like it's just it's a great it's a great time like and i also think you know we were created for such a time as this right i think yeah. there are leaders in the world in the church world it's right important. now they're yeah. pi- pioneering some things and um I think this is a great time for if there is a case where you have a leader that's holding on to the past um, and there are leaders within the organization that are trying to rise up to the occasion, there's going to be some tension there. Um, However, I think this is going to help in that, that some of these, these leaders holding on to the past are seeing the need to release to some of these, 
to some visionaries and to people that are capable of taking us to taking us as a church to everyone's household. You know, it's like, and of course we're thankful for people like on our team, like John, who's there with you right now in the, in the background. And, you know, our, uh, Kyle is our, our, our guy, uh, our production guy, like, and their whole team. So it's a good time. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. It is, it is. And, and it's, it's a, uh, it's a good, it, I think it's a healthy perspective because right now, I mean, it, it is very frustrating and man, all of the essential employees, all those that are still going to work, you know what I mean? Like I know some of you, uh, it, it can be frustrating and terrifying and, and just all of those things. And that's a, that's a, that's a reality that, that we have to come to grips with. Um, but I think, you know, in that also realizing it's like, man, uh, you know, perspective of, of how, how, uh, how bad, how bad things could be. Um, certainly not suggesting that they're not rough right now. I mean, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine, uh, just today who, uh, you know, just going through a rough time man. the, you know, family in this church, uh, just lost a, a really young child with coronavirus and all this other stuff. And so it's just like one of the things is like, man, it is, it is bad. But, uh, for those of us that man, God is have his hand of protection around us and all those things. Um, man, it's just knowing that, uh, that, you know, it, it's, it's important to keep perspective on that. And for those of you guys watching on Facebook, Justin kind of popped off screen for a second. Uh, John's working on something to get him back up and going. He's still with us. You just can't see him right now. I'm, so, I'm still here, guys. Yeah, don't worry. Am, he has a face for radio. So that's tr- that uh, is definitely <laughs> true. That is true. I'm not. I'm not. I'm the eye candy, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. no, no, seriously. So let's talk about Sunday. Sunday was a. Was oh a yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you're still we're, with us, we're gonna. We'll yeah, talk about Sunday. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're still in this. Uh, we're still in this faithful. Faithful. Yeah. Thank you, Robbie, for the uh, compliment on my shirt, too. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. No doubt. Art of homage is where I get all my homage, homage, homage. I don't I'll, know. But uh, so you can, uh, you can get I would say homage. Homage. H-O-M-A-G-E. You can Google it. Art. Art of homage. H-O-M-A-G-E if you want to. And I am wearing a white, a white tee. Is that, is it a polo white tee? Nope. Justin, no, tell, no, tell no. everybody listening and watching right now uh, the, what what my offer to you was about your first tattoo. Yeah, <laughs> you said that I should get the polo pony that's on the shirt tattooed on my chest at the same spot. So even when my shirt is off, I got a polo on. This is so stupid. Oh, man. I told Justin if he would, you know, like if you wear a polo shirt, the polo pony that shows up right here. Um, I said if he, he would go get the tattoo of the polo pony in the same spot that it shows up on the <laughs> shirt, I would pay for it. Uh, but he he hasn't yet to take me up on that offer. No, no, no. I'm not going to. I like polos, but I'm not going to spend money on a polo T-shirt. No, I'm not doing no, that. I'm not doing that. So, bro, what's I, creepy before we get into the sermons thing? What's creepy is the other day you were telling me about the place that you get your t-shirts from. That you get ads galore. Yeah, bro. I mean, just and it wasn't even like, yeah, it, it was like we were talking about in your office, and I don't even think I had my phone on me, and it's like they, I got ads galore now. I'm like, golly. But I'm telling you though, so Brad, you you, you dropped a, a shout out for your shirt. I get t-shirts from this company called. Fresh clean teas, and um, they even do a subscription service. Well, they'll send you like three a month or whatever. I don't do that, but um, 
Yeah. They're really they're really nice. They're really nice, just plain t-shirts. I like plain white. I'm not plain white. I, I have plain white, but I just like plain t-shirts. Um and that's what they are. They're real nice, comfortable, the whole thing. So anyways, yeah. I don't know. We, we're we've been talking about food. We don't, we're not sponsored by any of these, but we may tag them in this just to see if they'll uh see if they want to yeah. hop on yeah, that fresh, sponsorship train real quick. Fresh so. clean teeth. Put in the put in the promo code. J-O at T-C, and you might get a discount. Allison said, looking fresh in your white tee. <laughs> yeah. That's some early 2000s right there. That's his. I podcast yeah. in my white tee. <laughs> yeah. So, well, if you're still with us, we are going to talk about the sermon from Sunday uh, because we were in part five, four or five. I don't remember. I think it was part I think five. Five, um, I think. Of the Faithful series. Um, and we talked about an alternate title. That was a, that was a, the title for Sunday sermon was an alternate title. Um, and we were just talking about, uh, this idea that, uh, because God is faithful, a lot of times we would give ourselves the title or we allow other people, uh, and how they talk about us or what they say about us, uh, to define us and the title that we allow ourselves to have. And so essentially, uh, what we were saying is that for many of us, Rather than believing uh, what God wants to do in our life, we allow ourselves to be defined uh, by what other people are saying about our life, about what other people are saying uh, and how they're how they're talking about us. And, and that's not, you know, we believe I believe God wants to give you an alternate title to your life was essentially uh, what we were kicking it off with. And we kick off with a few scriptures just talking about God's faithfulness. I, I think, Justin, I don't know how you feel, but I, I, I feel like in this season uh, and maybe you guys watching and listening right now, I feel like in this season man we just need to be constantly reminded that god is faithful like above everything else like you know god's got this god's got me god's got my family he's got my job he's taking care of us like and just being reminded (laughs) over and over and over god is faithful god is faithful god is faithful um because i've been in seasons of my life where i had to do that where i was like you know what god is faithful i don't understand how this is going to work but god is faithful um and really trust in that spot you know and so i believe that's important but justin why don't you why don't you rattle off uh some of those verses for us that just at the beginning talking about God's faithfulness. Yeah. Hebrews 11, one now faith is confidence and what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. First uh, Corinthians one, nine, God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hebrews ten twenty three. let us, t- uh, let us hold tight to the hope we declare without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Yeah. So, so what we've got here is um, this idea that, you know, sometimes we'll say, you know, it's like, man, you know, uh, and, we, and we, we preach through this a good bit on Sunday, but it's like, man, I had, I had this drug addiction in my teen years and it caused me to be in a bad financial spot and there's no way God could do anything. It's like, well, don't give yourself that title. What title is it that God wants to give you? You know, like, you know, I, I, I made this mistake um, and because of that, I'll never be able to do this. It's like, well, you don't have to give yourself that title. Like God can give you an alternate title. Um, and, and so many times we buy into the lie, um, which is uh, these things may have happened to us, but they don't have to define us. Right. Um, and so we can step into this space where we allow ourselves to be defined and ha- have the title of our life be the thing that God wants to give to us rather than the thing that we just settle for. Um, right. You know, and so we kind of went into the story of Elijah. 
on the Battle of Mount Carmel. And we're not going to read through that whole thing today because <clears throat> we really tried to move through it well on Sunday and at the same time preach through it and read through it and kind of teach everybody. But uh, essentially, there was a uh, the prophet Elijah. He comes to challenge King Ahab and the prophets of Baal and Asherah. And uh, as he is challenging them, um, he's essentially coming to the people in Israel also because he wants to give the people in Israel, um, you know, he wants to bring them back to God being their primary focus, right? He wants to bring them back to, to God being the one that they worship, not Baal, not Asher, not these false gods. So he gathers up 850 prophets. Um, and as he does that, they have this battle where, they kill this, uh, they take two bulls and put one on each altar. He says, you pray that, uh, that Baal would come down with fire and burn up your offering. And I'll pray that the Lord would come down with fire and burn up my offering And whichever one shows up with fire, then he's the real God. And so he puts this challenge out there and, uh, and so he, he's there and, um, and that kind of brought us to, you know, this idea that um, that for many of us, well, let me say this, that took a certain level of boldness. I'll put it that way, what I was going to say. But, like, you, you realize how bold you would have to be to stand before God and and man and say like i'm going to trust god to this extent like i'm putting my whole reputation on the line that god is god and, and that took like a certain level of boldness it required something very special and so as that was happening you know we see that um that god god had an opportunity to prove himself to the people he wanted to show himself to and he was using elijah as an as an example for that and his faithfulness and so, um, you know, and, and so, uh, this idea that, you know, smooth seas never made a skilled sailor is one of the things we were talking about. And in this idea that a lot of times we want life to be easy. Um, and so we, we kind of said, uh, that the story that God wants to write for your life is one that causes everyone to stand amazed at his power. Right. And so sometimes we want our story to be powerful so that we get recognition for perseverance. Sometimes we want a powerful story so that we'll be praised for how much we stuck in there and gritted it out. You know what I mean? We're in this, we're in this culture where like grit and determination is like the king of everything. And it's like, well, maybe being faithful to a God who is faithful, maybe being, maybe being obedient, obedient in uncertain times is really what's praiseworthy. Maybe putting your confidence in what you're hoping for without the evidence of what you can see is really what is praiseworthy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, um, and so, uh, God wants everyone to stand amazed at his power. Uh, and so jail to have a story worth watching, what are we going to have to do? You're going to have to trust the one writing it. That's right. You're going to have to trust the one writing it. So to have a story worth watching, to have a story worth other people seeing, you know what I mean? I got, I have, so J.O., do you know who your favorite like directors and producers and stuff are for movies? Like, do you have no. anything in that category? No. So uh, I'm a big, I, uh, go ahead. Uh, uh, other than I like the way, uh, not an endorsement, but <laughs> there, there's something about Quentin Tarantino 
in his movies. I, f- I feel you. I feel you on that. I I'm, mean, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, a lot of lot of language and all that stuff that we don't want to endorse, but sure, of course. Uh, he, he's he's such a it's very unique in his style and and he writes a lot of his stuff too. Um, yeah. So, uh, but there's just something to that. But other than that, no. Yeah. So I'm a big Chris Nolan fan. Um, you know the Batman series, uh, Inception. Um, you know, um, I'm trying to think of some of the others. My mind's blank right now. But uh, Chris Nolan's that dude. Bro, like, um, have you seen Inception, Justin? Uh, I've seen Inception once. You need to watch it seven more times. Uh, that's true. <laughs> so, uh, Inception is really good. There's another movie, uh, The Prestige. Have you seen The Prestige? I don't think I know what that is. No. Straight fire, bro. Prestige is incredible. Um, so, it's a great movie. Uh, anyways, Chris Nolan. The thing about Chris Nolan is um, you the way he writes movies is like kind of from the inside out. So he's really good at that. Um, and the way he produces movies and directs movies also, uh, M night Shyamalan, uh, amazing. Um, so he wrote like, uh, what are some of his movies? Justin, he wrote, um, the sixth sense, um, uh, the village. Yeah. I can't think of any, yeah. I mean, I know there's a bunch, sense, I mean, he's, village, he, he's won some the awards. Yeah. Yeah, his stuff's yeah. incredible. But all that to say is I, I have some of these like favorite film producers, writers, directors. One of the things I love about them, though, is the way that they lay out the story, right? Like laying out the story, particularly in Chris Nolan, other than the Batman series, does this really, really well, is he'll drop you into the middle of the story or drop you at the end of the story and then go back and tell it. He'll drop you in just before the climax of the ending of the movie, and you're going... Oh no, what's about to happen? And then he'll tell you the story. And so you, he piques your interest in the beginning and then tells you the story. So it's really interesting how he does some of that sometimes. Um, but one of the things I love and I appreciate about that is um, because I've seen so many of his films, I trust how he's writing it to be like, to really be good. Like, M. Night Shyamalan is another example. Um, you know, movies that typically would not interest me. Like if I saw an advertisement for the movie, the village, like it's set in, it's supposed to be set in like the 1800s. I'm not trying to spoil it for anybody, you know, like it looks like a little house on the prairie type era. Um, but that would, that would technically typically never be my movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know about you, Justin. Did you see the village? Mm-hmm. You haven't seen The Village? What are you doing with your life? Okay, so The Village is really, really good. Um, and it's it's set in the, like, 1800s uh, is the way that it's put on film. Uh, and so that would never be, like, my jam. You know what I mean? I mean that's not like, I want to go watch this Little House on the Prairie movie. Ne- that would not be in, on my radar whatsoever. But what's cool about what he does, what's special about that, is it takes all kinds of twists and the thing is i would never watch it but because he wrote it i'll watch it it's like because i know there's twists coming that i don't that i'm not looking for and essentially that's kind of what we were talking about here is it's like when you trust the writer you know he can make something great out of your movie and the thing is, is like God writes great stories and it, these aren't uh, fictional stories, man. These are true stories. So um, he writes victorious, triumphant stories. He writes uh, poetic, beautiful stories. Um, and he can do that with your life. He can write these same stories with your life, but we just got to trust the one that's writing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so 
Super important. The problem is, and we said this on Sunday, um, and I could see it in the comments. Uh, I could see people talking about it in the comments. Um, but he said, uh, too many of us would rather have an, or I said, too many of us would rather have an easy life than a miraculous one. And I think that, that that's a jolting thought process. Too many of us would rather, like we would rather have smooth seas. We'd rather have no problems, you know, that, but that doesn't put us in a position where we need God to show up miraculously. I would rather never be in a position where I need God to, to do something miraculous, uh, as long as I can have an easy life. And it's like, well, man, that's not, that's not it. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like even people that are so afraid to, to venture out from, from anything that's outside of their bubble or their box or what they find comfortable, you know, that's such a hard place to be or don't take risk, you know, cause you're so afraid that you're going to, that you're going to fail. It's like, man, but so much, so much character is built in failure and, right. and you learn so much in failure. It's like, man, anybody who's ever accomplished anything has failed over and over before they got there. It's like, you shouldn't, you can't be scared of that, you know, shouldn't, mm-hmm. um, but you're right. It's choosing, it, and that's just in a worldly sense, you know. That's choosing easy. But I mean, I think I think you're right. It's like, I mean, that's a that's a powerful that's a powerful statement. Yeah, hundred percent. And so we said that, uh, and so we we continue on with the story. So the idea is, you know, Elijah has to trust God in this, but he does. He puts all his faith. He he hinges his reputation on this, you know. And in the middle of doing that, you know, uh, he even goes out of his way. You know, he gets real petty. You can go back and read this in First Kings 18 if you want to read the whole story. But he even gets kind of petty with it. The Baal uh, prophets of this false god, they're like trying to worship and they're cutting themselves. And he's like, oh, this is crazy. I don't know where your god is at. You know, he's like selling out to him. And uh, so finally they... Uh, it's his turn. You know, he's like, all right, like, let's, let's do this. And so he digs a trench around. Now they're in a drought, by the way, which I thought was interesting. We didn't talk about this on Sunday. They're in a drought and he's wasting water. So like, let's acknowledge that. So he digs a trench. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, well, I'll just, the, you said how, how he was bold. I mean, the, the boldness on so many levels. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's one thing to, for me to know that your God is false. Yeah. Right. It's one thing for me to know that. Like I serve the one true God. You, any your God is false because we have the true God. Yeah. But it's another to say he's gonna he's gonna rain down fire on this altar because he's the one true God. You know, you're making that declaration. Right. You also know that if that doesn't happen, you're gonna die. Like they're gonna kill. They're you. gonna kill you. Yeah. 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 yeah 100%, 100%. You know. And 100%. then, like you say, he's like not. All, and then, and then he's. And King you know, Ahab's already upset with him. We didn't, we didn't get any of that. Right. King has been looking for him to kill him for years already. You know what I mean? Right. King Ahab's wanted to kill Elijah this whole time. And he and went then, to him. Know, and then while they're praying, trying to do their thing, he's over there piping off like, maybe <laughs> pray louder. Maybe pray he louder. doesn't hear Maybe he's you, asleep. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, they, they, he's just, you know, selling out all over. And it's like, yeah, that, that alone is kind of bold. Yeah. So um, then in the middle of a drought, he digs a trench around his altar. Right. And then has them, has them go get four jars, jugs, jugs of water and pour it on the sacrifice. Yeah, and then he does that again with four more. And then he does it again with four more. Right. Yeah. And so like waters, everything's covered in water. Water's in the trench that he dug, you know, and then essentially he calls to God and God shows up with fire. And, and the scripture says that there was like, there was nothing left. Not was, it wasn't just that the bull was gone. Like 
the altar was gone. The stones were gone. The water in the trench was gone. Like everything was gone. He annihilated it. Um, you know, it's a great story. It's a great. That's a great story in the Bible. Yeah, it's incredible. If you've never, if you've never read that, I recommend it. Yeah, and we said on Sunday, you know, that God will use your obedience to display His power in your life. And so many times we want God to show up with power, but we're not following with obedience. And I think that's an important distinction that we have to remember. Like God is asking for obedience. You know, uh, I think tithing is a great example of that. I'm not here asking for your money. That's not what I'm doing. We're not taking up an offering today. What I am telling you is the obedience of tithing puts you in a position where God gets to show up with his power and provision to provide for you when it doesn't make sense. God, how can 90% of my income or more, depending on what God puts on your heart to give, how can 90% of my income go further than a hundred percent of my income. That's illogical. And it's like, right. But obedience with 90% gives God the ability to bless you with more than your hundred percent ever would have been. Right. Um, and then even in the Bible, it says that I'll, I'll, uh, I will curse the devourer that's trying to steal the fruit of your vine. Um, and so that means that there's some there's someone out there that's trying to destroy what you have, right? And so uh, God said, "I'll curse the one that's trying to bring curse to you." So uh, your obedience to be faithful here, you know what I mean? Like the enemy may have a plan to cause this is very hypothetical to call your cause your car to break down, but God's cursing the enemy that's trying to come against that, and that thing doesn't happen. You don't get in that car wreck. You don't get like you're not having to spend money on these things that you would have had to spend money on because God's cursing the devourer that's trying to steal the fruit of your vine like that man it the way that god can show up in your 90 percent is so much bigger than you could have made 100 percent go on your own well and it's like it's like the scripture um i think it's in james you know it says you know resist the devil and he will flee from you yep you know but that's not the whole scripture like the first sentence is submit yourself to god Resist the devil. It's like that that obedience part, though. It's like you got to be, you got to be submitted. You got to be under his, you know, uh, under his authority and and obeying his commands and those type of things. You know, and then and then then you can flee the devil. So yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't know if you just saw this, and I don't know if he's still watching, but Bobby Sasser is watching right now. I saw him pop on, but then I I, I, I don't know if he's still watching. I'm assuming he's still watching. Bobby, if you're watching, drop a comment because I'm going to tell a story about you if you're you're still watching right now. So uh, I see him back on. I see Bobby pop on. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Our homeboy, Bobby Sasser. Bobby was with us back in the day, son. Like (laughs) all the stories me and Justin talk about. And Bobby was there for it all. He's probably not going to do it now. His job might no. be at stake. He's not going to jump in all that. Yeah. No, and, <laughs> and now he's um, he's the executive pastor of Radiant, uh, Radi- Radiant Church in Tampa, Florida. Yeah. He's uh, a good friend. We should do a Zoom. We, we should, should do, do a, a Zoom with Bobby. Get, get him on a, get him on a Zoom with us. Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, we'll definitely do that. Uh, go live and just and just talk. So, anyways, back to what we were saying. Uh, so, so. Uh, so we talked about how God will use your obedience to show up with his power. Right. Um, and, and so then, uh, God sends the fire, boom, whole thing's taken up. Um, and then in that moment, uh, God sends King Ahab away. He sends his prophet to go look for the storm, uh, for the rain that's supposed to be coming. And that's not coming. 
So he sends him again, go look for the rain that's coming, not coming. And he does that multiple times. And uh, after seven times, finally, he says, there's a small cloud that's coming. And very quickly after that, we see uh, that the skies grew black and rain came. And, uh, and what we said on Sunday is that you may not see how it's going to happen yet, but you got to keep looking for God's ending. Right. So you may not see how it's going to happen, but you got to keep looking for the ending that God wants to bring. Um, cause he wants to bring his ending. Um, and in the idea here, you know, that we talked a little bit on Sunday is, you know, God was going to bring rain, right? So if God's plan was to bring rain yeah. in first Kings 18, the, the land is in a drought. So he's going to bring rain. If God's plan was to bring rain, and he brought that rain, the people of Israel at that time and the the prophets of Baal and Asher, they would have worshipped the wrong person. They would have worshipped the wrong God and being grateful to the wrong one for that rain. So God was going to show himself off through the obedience of Elijah so that when the rain came, they gave glory to the right one. And that, that's kind of where we ended on Sunday is this idea that you'll find the miracle of your story when you're ready to give God the glory. Um, so yeah, it's this idea good. that through this story, God has shown us that obedience and faithfulness will, will open up the opportunities for God to remain faithful to us. Um, and he shows up in powerful ways for his people. And he wants to show the world what he can do with lives that are submitted to him. And so what can God do with your life um, that is submitted to you? And then we, we ended it with John 10, 10. I think you have it there, right, Justin? I do. John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Yeah. So, so uh, God is on the scene and uh, does something amazing with our lives. So Absolutely. great story. It's a good story. Good story. That's a, so. that's, a, that's a great, that's a great story, Elijah and all that. I mean, seriously, if you, you haven't read that, get you, a, get you a Bible you can understand that makes sense to you and read that story. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, guys, we appreciate you tuning in. Justin, where can they find yes, more info on the church, man? You can find us online, uh, transformationchurch.com or on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. Perfect. Perfect. Well, guys, uh, thank you so much for tuning in with us. Uh, and we appreciate it, Justin. Thank you. We will catch you guys uh, next week for another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. Later, guys. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast. It would mean so much to us if you would subscribe, like, and review on iTunes. You get double points if you show us love by sharing it with your friends. Don't forget, you can follow Pastor Justin and Pastor Brad on Instagram and Twitter at Justin Oswald underscore and at Brad Livingston underscore. You can tweet them your questions and comments or email them to us at followup at transformationchurch.com. For more info on Transformation Church, visit us online at transformationchurch.com and on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. We'll be here next week where we will help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us.